Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. If you have a Bible, please find in yours Revelation chapter 13. And I want to bring four verses together. Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18. And then I would like to read just one verse, the first verse in Revelation chapter 14. Revelation 13, beginning in verse 16, and he causes all, the small and the great, and the rich and the poor, and the free man and the slaves to be given a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. And he provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who is understanding Calculate the number of the beast, for the number is that of a man, and his number is 666. And now notice Revelation 14, verse 1. Then I looked, and behold, the Lamb was standing on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his name and the name of his father written on their foreheads. If you were paying careful attention to the words just written in those verses, you picked up on many similarities. Uh, number one, the Antichrist has a name. You may have also noticed the Father and the Lamb do as well. The followers of Antichrist have his name on their foreheads, and the same can be said of those who follow the Father and the Son. Where they part company, is in their number. And we need wisdom this morning in order to understand the number 666. Uh, this week and next week, we're going to touch on why that number is what it is. And we need wisdom uh, to understand this number. And I say that because there has been endless speculation concerning the meaning of this number. You may have noticed at the very end of verse 17 are the words, the number of his name. In attempting to solve the riddle of this verse, some have suggested uh, the Antichrist's name is Nero, Calugula, Domitian, Napoleon, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, and a host of other names have been proposed. How did they arrive at these names? Letters. Letters have numerical equivalents in many languages, hence the words, the number of his name. A, as most of us know, is the very first letter in our alphabet. And the corresponding number would be the number one. It's the first letter. Z is the very last letter in our alphabet, the number 26. If the beast or the Antichrist number was not 666, but 126 or 126, uh, the number of his name would be AZ. Almost sounds like a, a rap star. Now, why is all such speculation a waste of time? Why do so many lack wisdom and understanding? Well, for one, what, what alphabet should we use? Uh, nowhere are we told what alphabet, but I think there is a more important argument for why this is a waste of time. When Paul wrote to the Thessalonians, the apostle said the beast, the Antichrist, this one who will have this number, 666, will not be revealed until the spirit-filled church is taken out of the way. 
The word for revealed literally means to remove a veil. As long as the church, the, as long as the spirit-filled church is on planet Earth, and as last I checked, we have not been taken out of the way. Uh, the rapture has yet to occur. Until that happens, the identity of the Antichrist has a veil over him. And therefore, we don't know his name. And to speculate is a waste of our time. And one more thing. Why would we even look to names in the past when this person is clearly a prophetic figure for the future? What we do know is his number. And this requires no speculation. Now, why this number for the Antichrist? Well, if you were to go back to Genesis chapter 1 and read verses 26 through 31, uh, it begins, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Man was created, Genesis 1 and 26. Listen to how verse 31 ends. The sixth day. Man was created on the sixth day. And what is the number of man? 666. Right about now, someone is thinking, well, why then not just one six? Why three six? Well, Revelation 13 introduces us to a counterfeit, uh, counterfeit trinity. The devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. And in many ways, they want to be just like God. The Antichrist has a name. The Father and the Lamb do as well. Followers of Antichrist have his name on their foreheads, and the same can be said of those who follow the Father and the Son. When Paul writes about the Antichrist in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, he says, Let no one in any way deceive you, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship. Now listen, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. So much of the counterfeit trinity in, in the book of the Revelation is a counterfeit intended to display themselves like the Godhead we believe in, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, speaking of the devil, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah 14 and 14, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. So let's be clear. The devil, from the very beginning, wanted to be just like God, a counterfeit. I see another reason for why there are three sixes. And we now know man was created on the sixth day. Do you recall what day man sinned? the seventh day. We didn't waste much time, did we? It only took us one day for man to sin. So why this number for sinful man? The number of God. Did you know there is a number for their name? What number appears more than any other number in the Revelation? The number seven. The number seven is used 54 times in the book of the Revelation. The number seven in the Bible speaks to sinless perfection. What does the number six speak to? 
Paul calls the beast the Antichrist and 2 Thessalonians 2 and 3, the man of sin. When we think of man and his number, think of sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. When we think of God and his number, we think of holiness, perfection, righteousness, completion. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The psalmist praised God seven times a day. Psalm 119, 164, seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. God is righteous. God is always right. Genesis 2 and 3, then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. God made the seventh day a holy day. And what day did man sin? That day, the seventh day. I think all of us know there are not six feasts or eight, but seven feasts, beginning with the Passover. Do you know what word is mentioned more than any other word in Leviticus 23, where Moses records the seven feasts? The word holy. You see, the seven feasts are not holidays, but holy days, and Moses calls them the Lord's appointed times. They are his days, and they are holy, and he chose seven of them to reveal his holiness to sinful man. The Feast of Unleavened Bread lasted seven days, and unleavened bread is a symbol of sinlessness. God uses the number seven repeatedly to speak of himself as sinless. He uses the number six to identify sinful man. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The number six falls short of the number seven. Do you know what word is associated frequently with God's glory? Psalm 29 and 2, ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. Exodus 39 and 30, for days, the one of his sons who is priest in his stead shall be put them, shall put them on when he enters the tent of meeting to minister in the holy place. And again, we see the connection between seven days and holiness. The book of the Revelation is a book of sevens. <clears throat> we have seven churches, seven candlesticks, seven stars, seven spirits of God, seven seals, seven horns, seven trumpets, seven bowls, seven eyes, seven angels, seven thunder, seven heads, seven last plagues, seven gold trees. Why, why the number seven so much in the book of the Revelation? Who did this book tell us it was all about? It begins with who the book is all about, Revelation 1 and 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice this counterfeit trinity, and we're, we're going to spend a little time this morning on it and, and a little time to open our thoughts up next week. But in Revelation 13 and 3, I want you to notice, I saw one of his heads as if had been slain, and his fatal wound was healed, and the whole earth was amazed. and followed after the beast. The beast was slain and his fatal wound was healed. A fatal wound is a death wound. Jesus was slain. Revelation 5 and 6, and I saw <clears throat> between the throne with the four living creatures and the elders, a lamb standing as if slain. Listen, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. All these seven speak to us about him, the revelation of him. Look, look at verse 12. 
Revelation 13 and 12. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose fatal wound was healed. Revelation 17 and 8, the beast that you saw was and is not and is about to come up out of the abyss and go to destruction. And those who dwell on the earth whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world will wonder when they see the beast that he was and is not and will come. And so the beast who died came back from the dead, but so did Jesus Christ who was slain. Look, look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. They worshiped the dragon because he gave his authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast saying, who is like the beast and, and who is able to wage war with him? They worshiped the dragon and the devil and the beast. We worship God and Jesus. Revelation 5, and every created thing which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and the sea and all things in them, I heard saying, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and dominion forever and ever. And the four living creatures kept saying, amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Are you beginning to notice the counterfeit trinity, the similarities between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Look at verse 7 in Revelation 13. It was also given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them and authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation what was given to him. This is another imitation, another counterfeit. When Jesus comes the second time, Revelation 19, 14 and 15, and the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword so that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron, just as the counterfeit trinity rules the, the, word, the world, the fallen earth. When Jesus comes, he will rule the nations. Look at Revelation 13, 11 through 12. And I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spoke as a dragon. He exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence, and he makes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast beast whose fatal wound was healed. Who is this other beast that is like the first beast? That word in verse 11, another, means another of the same kind. We're talking about the false prophet. Next week, I'm going to show you why he is so, so a counterfeit of the Holy Spirit. In Revelation 19 and 20, and the beast was seized, and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence. We only have three figures in the Revelation that perform signs, the dragon, the devil, the beast, the Antichrist, and another just like the Antichrist, the false prophet. In the Bible, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all perform signs. What's the point of this imitation? To be like the Most High God, Isaiah to display themselves as God, 2 Thessalonians. Why? To lead people away from the one true God. I remind you, Paul told the Thessalonians, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved, God will send upon them a deluding influence. Here it is, folks. They, they who did not believe will end up believing the lie. 
do you see why we don't see any more new believers after the midway point? We must be concerned for how easily our family, friends, and neighbors will be hoodwinked and fooled by this counterfeit trinity. Where is the beast's number or name or mark in Revelation 13 and 16? On the right hand or on the forehead. Where, where is the lamb's name and his father's in Revelation 14, 1? Written on their foreheads. Again, another imitation, a counterfeit. The 144,000 in Revelation 14 and 1 represent the 12 tribes of Israel. 12,000 from 12 tribes called the woman in Revelation 12. Revelation 12 and 16, so the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. This is inextricably linked to the mark on their hands. The mark on the hand and forehead of God's people symbolizes obedience and worship to God. The mark of man symbolizes obedience and worship to the false trinity. Again, another counterfeit. Marks on the hands and foreheads symbolized obedience and worship for the Jewish people. Deuteronomy 6 and 2, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I commanded you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. So that's about obedience. But listen to what is said a few verses later. Deuteronomy 6 and 8, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. This is worship. This is obedience. This is an imitation, a counterfeit from the false trinity represented by 666 and, and the one true trinity represented by the number 777. Leviticus 23 and 21, this is the day of celebration and worship, a time of rest from your work. You and your descendants must obey this law. And so we have this woman, the 144,000, the, the 12,000 from the 12 tribes who have this mark on their, on their forehead, symbolizing that they obey and they worship Jesus, their Messiah. What does the dragon and the beast want in Revelation 13 and 4? Notice, worship. Revelation 14 and 11, those who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. And so again, we, we're, just, we're just laying a foundation for why there are three sixes. Because there is a false counterfeit trinity. And all we're doing is touching upon linking together true worship from false worship. The, the true Messiah from the anti-Messiah. I struggled in these thoughts this week to find something to end our time with. I thought about what, what, what did we learn? Well, we learned something about sinful man. We learned something about a holy God. And we learned something about the number six and the number seven. And this is what the Lord laid on my heart. Matthew 18 and 21, then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times, he asked. 
perhaps to demonstrate how forgiving Peter thought he was, Peter suggested a limit of seven times, which was more than twice that allowed by Jewish tradition. I say more than twice because they misinterpreted the five passages in the book of Amos where God says he will withhold punishment on three or four transgressions. Peter thought Jesus wanted him to be more forgiving. So he said seven times. He missed the point. Our Lord surprised him with his answer. I do not tell you until seven, but even 70 times seven, Matthew 18 and 22. Peter was setting a limit on sin and forgiveness, wasn't he? Do you know why? He is a man. And man will always fall short of everything that has to do with the one true God. What is Jesus teaching us by employing the number 70 times seven? With man, forgiveness has limits. With God, forgiveness is limitless. I would argue this is displayed, shown. During the Great Tribulation, there will be two marks, the mark of man and the mark of God. Men will be walking around with 666 on their forehead, and one look at them, and you will say, there goes a sinful man. Who will say that? Those who have wisdom and understanding. Those who have wisdom and understanding. Other men, for example, the 144,000 will be walking around with the name and number, number of God on their forehead. And you will take one look at them and you'll say, there goes a man saved from his sins. Those that have wisdom and understanding will distinguish between the two marks and understand the significance. But where did I get that thought? Well, look at Revelation 14, verses 3 and 4, and I want you to be on the lookout for a word stated twice. Revelation 14, 3 and 4. Do you see that word purchased? Revelation 5 and 9, and they sang a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the book and to break its seals, for you were slain and purchased for God with your blood, men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Folks, the Antichrist was slain, but he can't purchase for God with his blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. But this is no counterfeit. This is the one who was slain to purchase with his blood our salvation. You know, I hope that you know I hope you know that there is a message in this book. The message is that God is holy, righteous, perfect. And everything about him stated in the scriptures continues to repeat that truth. Man, on the other hand, represented by the sixth day, sinned on the seventh. He is unholy. He falls short of the glory of God. He is imperfect and sinful. And he needs a savior. He needs someone who will purchase and buy back his redemption. The Bible says we must repent and believe the gospel. To repent is to simply change your mind about what you believe and how you behave. 
What do you believe about Jesus? Who do you say that he is? Jesus asked that question to Peter. Who do you say that I am? Peter said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. The son of the living God makes him God, the son of God. Jesus Christ is the eternal son of God, born in a virgin's womb. Her name is Mary. Died on a cruel cross. Let a sinful life rose on the third day, and he's coming back again. And the message of the revelation is flee from the wrath to come. Flee from that hour that is about to come on this whole earth. Flee from that time where you will be exposed to a counterfeit that will fool people. And repent and believe the gospel today, and you will be rapture ready, and you will never enter the tribulation. Luke 24, 46 and 47, thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. That's what I just tried to do, proclaim the forgiveness of sins. God loves you, my friend, so much so that he sent his one and only son to die for you. And he sent me to tell you, repent, believe the gospel, follow him. Change what you believe about Jesus. Change what you believe about you. You can't save yourself. The demands are too demanding. James says if you keep the whole law, 613 laws, and you stumble in one point, you're guilty of all. That's perfection. Jesus said, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. You and I are imperfect. We need a perfect Savior. We need Messiah. We need Yeshua. We need Jesus to die in our place. He did, you know. He died for you because he loves you. But he's calling for you to repent, to bow, and to worship Jesus, to follow him and live for him in obedience. May God bless his word today, and may God bless you.